0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Unrefined Women. I'm your co-host, Agnes.
1: And this is Margaret. This podcast is an ongoing dialogue between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics, and feminism. We're very grateful you could join us today.
0: The topic of today's episode is all about anxiety Anxiety is something that I have experienced for probably most of my life. So we honestly just wanted to dive into this topic super organically and just talk about how we experience anxiety now,
1: how we have experienced it in our past and how to deal with it. Yeah, cause I know anxiety has also been something I have struggled with. And honestly, I think it's like a universal thing that most people struggle with, if not all the time, but at moments in their lives. So some of the things around anxiety we talked about in this episode was how anxiety manifests for both of us in our bodies, like the actual physical and mental symptoms of it. We also talked about different ways that we cope with anxiety, what we have found that works and what doesn't work. Also, we talked about the different types of anxiety. I did a little bit of research prior to this episode and was able to pull up some different scientific studies around the different types of anxiety because there's anxiety, but that's just like an umbrella term for a whole bunch of other things. So we learned about that as well. But this was actually a really cool episode. I feel like I learned a lot about myself. Agnes, I think you probably did too. I feel like it was really therapeutic to talk about anxiety And I feel like we were also able to just like gain some little information to help us out along the way
0: Yeah, I genuinely learned so much about myself and about you and anxiety in general So hopefully everybody who listens to this episode is able to learn a little bit more about how their body works and how their anxiety works
1: Absolutely. All right. Let's dive right in Let's go
0: have anxiety about talking about anxiety
1: (laughs) dude seriously (laughs) okay other than having anxiety right now what how else are you doing
0: I'm doing okay each day is like a roller coaster you know
1: why what happened oof girl
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have just been having a hard time The last, I want to say last few weeks, but mostly the last week it's been just a lot. I mean, I've always struggled with anxiety and panic attacks, but it comes in like seasons, you know? Mm -hmm. And this week is one of the seasons. So
1: Well, it's a good good thing we're talking about anxiety this week because you're like in it. And I kind of yeah. have been too, but I don't think to the degree you have been, but I've, I've been in it. Yeah. So what type of anxiety have you been experiencing? Because I was trying to, like, have my shit together and actually, like, research some things before talking about anxiety. And something that I found is that there's anxiety But there's different types of anxiety. And so this is actually according to the National Institute of Mental Health. So there's these different types of anxiety. There's general anxiety, which is just like, I'm assuming, like, just anxiety just in general, like, for no fucking reason, like, a.k.a. my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is phobia anxiety, where people will have a phobia about, like... um, Public speaking, or a specific thing or person or experience where they have like a lot of anxiety when they have to go through that. Then there's panic anxiety, like panic attacks. And then there's also things like social anxiety, like anxiety around being in social situations. There's separation anxiety. So, with that in mind, what types of anxiety have you been experiencing in the last week?
0: All of them. <laughs> oh no <laughs> that is crazy. I'm literally experiencing all of them and that really makes sense on why it's like it all just I guess collected in my body and now it's just coming out like erupting out of me um I would say phobia anxiety because I get very like claustrophobic like I, when people are, like, near me sometimes, you be know, just like, oh, like, don't touch me. Like, get away from me. <laughs> like, I'm like that sometimes. Like, Patrick and I will be falling asleep and I'll randomly be feeling, like, very, like, just confined. And I'm like, don't fucking touch me. Like, get away from me. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> I'm like, I just can't be, like, touched right now. Like I don't know, and that gives me anxiety. Like it just makes me like freak out sometimes. Um I have social anxiety sometimes. Um what were the other ones you said?
1: Um, well there's general anxiety. Yeah. Which is just like just sort of I I think that general anxiety is kinda like what I have. There's just always this heightened sense of like (laughs) just all the time, like my whole life is just overlaid with just anxiety. Mm-hmm. For no reason, you know, and, and sometimes I can pinpoint when it gets really bad. I can pinpoint where it's connected. Like I'm anxious about a certain thing, but I'm just anxious all the time. That's just my baseline level of functioning, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But the other ones are phobia, like you just said. Panic attacks. Agnes, Ugh. let's talk about panic attacks because I know you struggle with those. Well, what to say about them? I mean, well, when OK, so what does a panic attack mean to you? What do you experience when you have a panic attack?
0: I have seen a lot of stuff on TikTok about panic attacks and what they look like. And even in high school, I remember having conversations with one of my really close friends about panic attacks and what they look like. And um, I mostly, I guess, have two different types of panic attacks. uh, Mostly the one where where you're just sitting there and like you're not crying. You're just staring into space and you are just like consumed in anxiety, like like I just look like a statue. Um, and then the other type of a- panic attacks is just like complete mental breakdown. Like uncontrollably crying. Like hallucinating. I experienced that this week, which I think probably for the first time. Like literally hallucinating in the middle of a panic attack, like having like flashbacks Um, and having just kind of like a million things running through your head, like every unfortunate thing or everything that makes me sad or everything that I feel anxiety about is just continuously going through my brain at like an indescribable speed, just going and going and going. And it's just like every like millisecond, I'm just like crying over something different and then i hit a point after however long it takes me to get it out where i just will literally sit there and i'm numb for like an hour and i'll just sit on the floor and i'll just stare at the wall and just like i just don't feel anything anymore damn and then and
1: then i (laughs) get up and
0: and then i get up and i'm like okay i'm good (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so when you say when you say you hallucinate, is that like do you actually experience visuals like with your eyes or is it more like it you're very in your head and you're like reliving these memories in your head?
0: Yeah, not visuals. It's not like okay. I'm like drugged or anything like that. But it it's like my whole body just
1: feels like I'm in the situation. Mm. Um, so is it almost like is it almost like you're you're in your head, and and you were saying that you kind of see all these different things in your life. So is it was almost like this highlight reel is sort of playing in your head, flashing before you all of the moments in your life thus far that brought you anxiety, grief, mm-hmm. uh, heartbreak, like that type of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
0: And then it's also like I kind of realize this as well that I feel like my consciousness is like drifting in and out of my body so Mm,
1: I can relate to that yeah,
0: yeah it's like one second I'm like super in my head and then the next minute I'm like I feel like I'm out of my body and it's like a really weird like back and forth
1: wow so when you're in the moments you're in your body what does that feel like when you're having a panic attack and your your consciousness is actually in your body what does that feel like um tight. I feel I feel like very like
0: claustrophobic like I just feel like um, I guess I could say that's more so when I'm like kind of hallucinating um, or feeling like I'm very in the moment or like I can't focus on anything around me I'm just like in my head in such a deep place
1: mm. when you're in your body 'Cause I'm just curious. So when you're in your body and you're feeling all of this and you're and you're having a panic attack, are you aware of other things going on in your external environment?
0: Yeah. But I like I am. Like if someone walks in the room or I hear something like I can still um like my senses are still working, but it's not sending like the same um alerts to my brain so I don't have like a reactions to it if that makes sense like if someone's talking to me while I'm having a panic attack like I can hear them and understand them but I don't have like the awareness to respond to them or to like fully comprehend what they're saying
1: interesting and then let's contrast that what does it feel like when you when you feel like you're more going out of your body
0: maybe like a little bit I don't know I feel like probably the same the same way
1: do you ever get this that feeling because I get this sometimes um do you ever get that feeling that you're like out of your body and you're like looking down on your body and like witnessing Mm. what's happening
0: yeah I think that's a little bit of what I mean about like the out of body
1: Yeah, because that's something I get when I'm like, like if I'm triggered about something or I'm in a really uncomfortable situation. Um, sometimes I get that feeling like I like I go out of my body and I'm almost like hovering over my body, and I'm looking down and like witnessing what's happening. It's really strange. I guess that's disassociation. Actually, now that I think yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: What about you, Margaret? What do you do? You ever have? Any sort of panic attacks, or what are your symptoms of anxiety?
1: Um, well, I definitely have general anxiety, and I think I've had that kind of my whole life. I just have this sort of um, heightened sense all the time. Like, I feel like my nervous system is just constantly revved up, so I'm always anxious. In fact, I'm always anxious to the point that there are occasional, rare moments in life where I will not be anxious, and it is the strangest feeling, and it's very rare. Damn! <laughs> I actually had one of those moments, I think, last week, and um, it's actually been kind of a kind of a learning experience for me because I've just recently discovered that cardio. I hate cardio, but cardio, I've gotten to the point where cardio can actually help me with anxiety. Woohoo, here I am, 30 years old, finally discovering that. <laughs> I feel like everybody knows that except me. So, um, I've always hated cardio my whole life. I just like why would people do that? Like I feel like I'm going to die when I do cardio. But it kind of happened on accident. I was at the gym last week and I was on the bike and I actually was like on my phone which I don't usually go on my phone when I'm working out but for some reason I was on the bike and I think I was like texting somebody like you know my feet are going and I was texting somebody and then I just started like I don't know I I got in kind of roped into like a few different texting conversations with people and before I knew it I looked up and I had been on the bike for like 20 minutes and I actually had the intensity cranked up pretty hard And I was like sweating and I was out of breath and I didn't even realize it, which is shocking because normally I'm in so much misery during cardio that that's all (laughs) I can focus on. But somehow being on my phone was enough of a distraction that I was able to like physically wear out my body. And actually the rest of the day, I felt really, really calm and relaxed. I've never had a Xanax before in my life, but but I felt like what I would imagine a Xanax would feel like. And I was like, wow, like, this is like, I feel like really calm and peaceful in my body. This is strange. Like, I never feel this way. (laughs) And so it was one of those rare moments in life where I'm not anxious. And it's like, dude, this is fucking weird. I'm always anxious, like, to the point that I'm not even aware I'm anxious because it's just how I am. So definitely general anxiety. And I will occasionally get socially anxious you know, once in a while about specific things. So people probably don't really know this about me, but, you know, I'm a music teacher and I actually get really socially anxious, like the day that I'm going to have a new student. Really? And I, I think I do a really good job of covering it up, but I actually have a lot of anxiety when I have like a like a new student coming to my house for lessons, and I've never met them before or their family. And actually, during the entire first lesson, I am like very, very anxious. <laughs> How, was um, it?
0: How was it when you started your music lesson business?
1: Oh, God, it was a hot mess all the time. <laughs> it was a hot mess because it was like when I didn't have any students and I had to be marketing to get more students, I was just constantly anxious because there was all these strangers coming in my house that I'm like, trying to build a relationship with and teach. And, that, you know, I have all this social anxiety. So it was really hard. Um, now, thankfully, it's not that often anymore. I actually have a pretty full studio. In fact, I've actually started turning away students recently because I've been so overwhelmed with teaching. So I've had less of that as I've grown my business and been teaching more. Because, you know, once I get to know the person, I it's totally cool. But yeah, it's hard in the beginning. So I definitely get social anxiety from time to time, but definitely I think just general anxiety I struggle with. And it kind of manifests for me in different ways. Um, I just have like almost like ADHD. In fact, sometimes I wonder if I have ADHD, but like I just always like my, when I'm really acutely aware of my general anxiety, I'll notice that my brain tends to just be um, in this pattern of racing thoughts. It's kind of scattered my thoughts are all over the place. And then it manifests in me trying to do like 10 things at the same time. I'm always multitasking all the time. And I, I know it's not actually productive, but I just sort of slip into that. And I think that probably my heartbeat starts to race. Like I get like a racing heart a lot, and I will feel stressed out and just very worried about a lot of things. Um, and then I also will tend to have, when it gets really bad, I'll feel like an elephant sitting on my chest. Like I'll feel really just constricted with my breathing. Um, and I'll notice that I'm actually not breathing. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's usually how my general anxiety manifests in my body.
0: I'm curious, do you
1: ever experience hyperventilating? Um, sometimes, but it's actually kind of rare for me. Why? Okay. Does it do you get that a lot? Yeah,
0: I forgot to mention that when I was describing um panic attacks. That's something very uh that that's one of my biggest symptoms, I think. It's one of my the symptoms I think that I when I know I'm about to have a full-blown panic attack when I start hyperventilating. So I have asthma. I've had asthma my whole life. And even right now like I'm like huffing and puffing as I talk, like I am out of breath. I have a hard time controlling my breath. And um, when I start to panic, it's just, like, super sharp. Like, <gasps> like I can't, like, you know, and it's, like, super fast. And then I'll have that for, like, maybe, like, a minute. And then I'll stop breathing and, like, have, like, slow breaths. And then I'll go, like, again. It's just, like, a really weird, like, pattern um, thankfully, Patrick and I have kind of come to a solution for that. And that's like drinking water that has really helped me mm. with hyperventilating. So if anyone else struggles with that, like keep a big ass hydro flask next to you, like chug that water.
1: <laughs> have you ever tried box breathing? What is that? Oh, OK. So box breathing. And I don't know who found this. So people will have to Google that. Box breathing is where you envision there's a box and you breathe in for four seconds. Oh, so it's like it's and like going up the side of seconds? a box. Hold or on, we'll get eight. to that. Eight seconds. <laughs> okay. You,
0: yeah. You, you just
1: breathe. Yeah. So you breathe in for four seconds, and that's like imagine like you're looking at a box and you travel up the box. So you're breathing in for four seconds, going up the box. You hold it for four seconds, which is going across the top of the box. You breathe out for four seconds, which is going down the side of the box. And then you hold it for four seconds going across. So you, yeah, breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold for four seconds. Apparently there's actually science that, that shows that that actually works. I've heard of that. Um, my favorite YouTuber, Hitomi,
0: she used to talk about that a lot. Um, and I used to try to do that, especially in meditations. But I, 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 like, really struggle with breathing. I should probably go see a doctor, honestly. <laughs> um, and I've gone through phases in my life where I have smoked, but I w- I, that's not really, like, a huge regular thing in my life anymore. Um, and, and that wasn't really a thing until, like, later later in high school. But... Mm. um so I'm not maybe it did like play an effect like smoking has affected my breathing um but I've always struggled with it um but I like I have a hard time breathing in general that sometimes like when I when I'm doing the box breathing like in the past where it's like the the four second thing um I like can't like I get I do it for a few times and I'm like (gasps) like I have to like Damn, I really need to go see a doctor.
1: (laughs) Now that I'm thinking about this, I'm like, oh my God. But it's so interesting because I'm I'm wondering now if your asthma, which is like a physical thing, if that's playing, if that's playing a a part in your mental, like your mental health. Because, you know, the Mm -hmm. physical and the mental, they're not separate. Like, I don't believe they're separate. They're all, everything's integrated. So, if you have physical uh, illnesses, they can manifest into issues with your mental health, vice versa. If you are not well mentally, it's going to manifest as physical illnesses.
0: Yeah. You know, hence
1: why people, when people say like, don't get stressed out, it's going to give you cancer. Like, I think there's actually some, like there's some reality to that actually. That is
0: actually something that I, I literally get anxiety about that. The other day I was, and I'm a huge like believer that your mental health like genuinely gives you like chronic illnesses. Like I, I definitely think that that's a very real thing. Um, so the other day I was having really bad anxiety and I was like, you're going to give yourself fucking cancer. And then I started getting anxiety. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to give myself cancer. And I'm like freaking out. And then it's just like this whole spiral effect. (laughs)
1: I know, it's right. stress about the stress, anxiety about the anxiety. It just keeps layering like that.
0: Really what it is is you're manifesting these material things. I mean, not the anxiety. Anxiety is very much like, you know, it's a real thing. It's not so much material, but it's mostly derived from material things. So, like, I don't think that our souls are inevitably... Anxious, you know, so we're really just manifesting these material anxieties into our bodies, which then causes like the growth of tumors. I mean, we're not doctors or anything, but I mean, I, that's just the way I visualize it. I don't really see it another way.
1: Well, anxiety can also be – because it can have two components to it, and this is also from the National Institute of Mental Health. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They say that anxiety is actually – can come from genetics, and -hmm. it also can come – and it's also environmental. So I think it's what you just described. There's things in our environment that cause anxiety, but it also can come from genetics as well. And, like, I wonder that sometimes. Like, am I just – was I just born – like, just genetically predisposed to having anxiety. I, you know, it's I guess it's kind of like that nature versus nurture argument. You know, um, are people born with mental illnesses or do they get mental illnesses throughout life? You know, and that can be, a, nature versus nurture can be for anything. It could be for physical things as well. Um, and usually the reality for most people is it's kind of both. It's a little bit of both. So I think it could be both of those with anxiety. There could be genetics there. We could be predisposed to anxiety. And then there can be environmental factors that will then exacerbate that anxiety and make it worse.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking of this topic, have you seen the show or miniseries called Surviving Death on Netflix? No,
1: I haven't. (laughs) You watch all that kind of stuff. I do not. What's it about? (laughs) I watched it last year.
0: It's like a, I think it's a documentary. It has like a few episodes, but it's all about... Um, different aspects of death like what happens after you die and just people who have had near death experiences but it's very like spiritually um, there's a very there's a spiritual perspective to it and I thought it was really interesting like you learn you do learn about the whole like uh, mental illness cancer dynamic Um, you learn about like souls reincarnation like all this really cool shit so I definitely give that a watch if you're interested in like what the hell happens after you die? I would watch that.
1: What What's it called again?
0: Surviving Death on Netflix. Okay. Cool. If it's Surviving still up, Death. it should be up. I think it's a Netflix original.
1: Okay. We'll have to look it up because, yeah. you know, we're always trying out new shows. That sounds a little intense, though. You know me. I like to watch more <laughs> well, it's not... lighthearted, funny things. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: not, it's not sad and depressing. Like... I guess maybe a few parts he could be like, oh, that's really sad because sometimes they'll talk about like children that have died, but it's very hopeful because you're learning about like there, there is like a life after death and it's very non, non non-religious and like an organized religion type of way. Uh, They probably bring it up a few times, but it's definitely just like a very generic, like this is like all science. This is all Um, research and what we've you know what they have collected about just weird shit that happens when you die
1: well see that's interesting because you also touched a little bit on the spiritual side and I actually have a quote that I found and I love this quote I've I've known to this for a long time and I think it's by a spiritual teacher I'm just gonna spell the person's name I'm not even going to (laughs) attempt to pronounce this so the first name is L-A-O do you know how to pronounce that by chance wow maybe and then last name is t z u oh yeah he i learned about him in my religion class yeah really okay i don't even know who this is but i know his quote or her is it wait is it a guy or girl
0: uh male i'd assume but
1: he's it's, it's a very old quote so okay yeah i'm sure you probably know it if you are depressed you are living in the past if you are anxious you are living in the future if you were at peace, you are living in the present moment. I like that. Have you heard that one before? Yeah, I've heard that one. Um, yeah. I, I heard it like a few years ago. And I it pops up like on social media. I'll see it come up from time to time in my feed. But I remember seeing that for the first time a few years ago. And I was like, oh, damn, that makes a lot of sense. Because my whole life, I've always been like future driven i've been very future driven to the point that it like gives me anxiety but i'm constantly i would say that i would say that about 90 percent of my thoughts at any given moment are preoccupied with something in the future something that is going to happen i i can um
0: confirm that that is very true margaret all you're doing is talking about sh- in the future <laughs>
1: I am. You're like, I'm I can't always- stop thinking
0: about this thing that I
1: want to do 10 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> I am so future driven. And I've noticed in my friends and family that tend to be more depressed, have more of the blues, are a little more like physically a little more just down, I guess. <laughs> They tend to fixate more on what happened in the past, you know, and look at, oh, this terrible thing that happened in the past and I can't let go of this thing from the past. And um, I'm, you know, or, or I even miss this thing from the past and I'm so sad that my life's not the way it used to be. But those are thoughts I actually rarely ever think. I'm like, I really often don't think about or give a shit about the past to the point that I actually forget a lot about the past. And I'll, I'll, like the, the past will often for me get triggered and remembered if I'm having a conversation with somebody about something. Also like something that one of my five senses, sometimes my five senses will trigger something like a smell a sound, a feeling like or seeing something that will sometimes trigger something from my past, like a memory that's been kind of like put way in the back storage unit somewhere where I haven't thought about it in years. So I will have that happen. But what about you? Like how has because I know that you struggle with depression as well. Do you feel that that's true that depression is kind of from living in the past? Yeah, I
0: I agree with that. But I have both, I struggle periodically with both depression and anxiety. So do just the worst. <laughs> oh my God. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, but I do the same shit. Like when I feel depressed, like, like, like sometimes I really dwell on the past and then with, um, like, and then I also dwell on the future. So it's like both, mm. but something that I just realized is that I had mentioned before one of my like when I have a panic attack, I'm constantly thinking about the past, but technically, a panicked attack slash like anxiety attack wouldn't that so much be about the future? So I don't know, maybe it's like a depression attack. I don't know, like that's really weird,
1: <laughs> yeah cuz normally i think panic attacks cuz i've had a few panic attacks in my life um thankfully not many cuz they were fucking horrible but i had a few i've had a few panic attacks and they were always around um me panicking about something that i thought was going to happen or something that was going to happen and i would like was afraid that, that that there was going to have a negative outcome. So all of my panic t- panic attacks were future oriented, stressing out about something that had yet to have happened. So that is really interesting that when you're having a panic attack, you're actually going backwards in the past.
0: Yeah. I mean a lot of it too is like about the future like I think something at least recently that I've been struggling with as becoming an adult I feel a lot of judgment on myself because of like where i am in life. And we had talked about this in previous episodes about like um you know, having grace with yourself and like expectations for yourself and all of that. But a lot of like when i ha- am in the midst of a anxiety attack, i feel some of the thoughts that i have is like, you know, i feel disappointed in myself. Like this is not what you wanted when you were younger and Um, like I, you know, I really mean to myself. That's another thing too, with like panic attacks is that, um, it's really hard to be nice to yourself. Like when I'm having a panic attack, I say a lot of really mean things to myself. And I think that's one of the things is like, you know, not to be like all negative, but it's a lot of like, what are you doing with your life? And why are you here? You didn't want this. You failed yourself.
1: Hmm. Wow. I don't know. That got really dark. (laughs) No, I'm sitting with that. That's really interesting. I think we're going to have to have some uh, mental health professionals come on our podcast and talk about some (laughs) of this stuff. They're going to be like, Agnes,
0: you're so fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding.
1: Okay, a true mental health professional would never say that. (laughs) Only you're saying that, Agnes. Only you're saying that about yourself. I know. And
0: even, <laughs> like, after I'm having a panic attack, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what was that? Because I'm usually not, like, um, I'm very, I don't want to say I'm very confident in myself because I'm not, like, overridden with, like, confidence. But I'm genuinely comfortable with myself and where I am in life. I, I like to give myself credit for a lot that I have, you know, the places that I have gone to and like mentally. Uh, so I, you know, I like, I'm very comfortable with my body. I'm comfortable with my job. I'm comfortable with school. So it's not like a very common thing for me to like cut myself down and like criticize myself all the time. So when I am having like a panic attack, it's like this whole other, side of the spectrum where I am just completely tearing myself down. And it's just like every, like I am actually discrediting everything that I've accomplished.
1: Hmm. I think we all do that to a degree. Like when we're not in a good state of mind, we tend to adopt really extreme ways of thinking. And I catch myself doing the same thing too. Like I know when I'm not mentally in a good place, I start to view things through this very black and white lens um, and everything is just very extreme. The nuance gets lost. Yeah.
0: Do you ever feel, um, when you're having a hard time with your mental health, do you ever feel shame about your spirituality? Because I know for myself, like when I'm having a panic attack or when I'm just in a really dark place mentally, I'm like, what happened to all your spiritual work? And I thought that you were so spiritually aligned and here you are having these panic attacks over all these material things. Do you ever experience that?
1: You know, it's interesting you bring that up because I used to. I used to think that about myself when I was earlier in my spiritual journey. I would sometimes get really disappointed in myself, like, "Oh, I thought you were further along than this. I thought you were more elevated than this." At this point in my spiritual journey, I kind of don't go there anymore because I've sort of just accepted that while I'm human, so like the human experience is messy and I just because I'm on a spiritual journey does not mean that I'm now suddenly above all of these human experiences. I still am going to have days where I'm not thinking clearly. I'm going to have days that I'm just emotionally a wreck. I'm going to have days where I physically don't feel well. Like we signed up for that shit when we incarnated here. So I've just accepted that. And I think that I think that maybe when we're early in our spiritual journey, some of that's kind of normal. You know, we're so fixated on what we think spirituality is, and sometimes I think we can get a little disillusioned. Not telling you that you're disillusioned, but like <laughs> I think that's a phase. Like we're we're really really preoccupied and focused on our our new kind of spiritual awareness. Um and I think for me ultimately what has helped me is to sort of integrate the two. Integrate spirituality into my everyday life like I am here um, in this third dimension in this body like I am here this this is a reality I can't I can't just pretend this reality doesn't exist because it's it's here but I've tried to integrate the two together Um, and I think part of my spiritual journey has been that integration and that acceptance of what is and what is is not always beautiful and positive all the time sometimes it sucks and you know what that's just part of part of my spiritual practice is to accept that at times and just try to be really kind to myself through it and know that nothing is ever permanent everything's always changing and evolving and maybe in this moment right now everything feels terrible but I know that that's only going to last for a certain amount of time and then my perspective's gonna shift
0: Yeah, I think that's one thing I really evolved with um, mentally is that when I'm going through a really bad place, um, when I'm, you know, right now where I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety and panic attacks, I know that I'm going to get out of it. I think maybe it's just as you get older and the more, more like things that you go through and phases of life, you're like, I'm able to look back at really dark places in my life, you know, in high school and be like, I got through it. Okay. And it's comforting now where I can think. Like I'm going to get through it. Who knows how long this phase is going to last. But um, I have, I already know I have like big things coming for my future, like near. So I know that I'll get through it. Um, but I wanted to ask you, I know that you mentioned that cardio you have now realized is a good way of relieving anxiety, but do you have any other um, tr- tricks and I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> advice, um, both like in spiritual practices or in daily life that helps you reduce the amount of anxiety that you have?
1: Yeah, actually, I think that's a great question because we've been talking about um, anxiety, types of anxiety and triggers of anxiety. So now we can start talking about some solutions here or at least just coping mechanisms because there's not really a solution that I know of. Wouldn't that be great, right? Just take this (laughs) magic pill and everything just is great for the rest of your life. But no, (laughs) Um, yeah. So some coping strategies that I have discovered that help me manage my anxiety would be writing. So actually writing is something that my therapist recommended because sometimes um, I get the racing thoughts like I described and I feel really scattered and so my therapist had recommended for me and it comes up a lot in our sessions when I'm feeling this way. And he's like, are you writing it out? And I'm either like, yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> um, so for me, that looks like I have, I feel really overwhelmed. I have 10,000 things I have to get done this week and I'm stressed the fuck out and everything feels like this huge, overwhelming mountain. So my therapist will have me write it out and then break up uh all the things I have to do into manageable steps and actually like I will I'm one of those people where I'll wake up in the morning and I'll like tell myself that I'm going to do these 20 things today and then inevitably when I only do three of them I feel like a piece of shit so mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point where I will only write down two or three things a day that I have to do like I will just spread that shit out if I have 30 things I have to do this week You know, I will really get honest with myself like, okay, how much energy do I have to give to each of these each day? And I will actually give myself less than I think because then I set myself up for success. And at the end of the day, I see that I checked off all the boxes and then I feel good and I can actually see a trajectory of where I'm going again because I'm like so future oriented. So I have to break everything down into manageable steps. So definitely writing things out, getting it all the clutter out of my head and onto the paper and then trying to organize it and set it up for actionable steps that I can take. So that helps I also have found that grounding, typically if I'm really anxious, I'm not grounded. I have not gotten outside. I have not put my bare feet in the dirt. I have not gotten sunlight. I have not gone out and like hug some trees. Like I have to do that, get out and be kind of one with nature. And that always just really helps me get recentered again. Breathing, like the box breathing I described, sometimes that helps. But I think also because I tend to just be really high strung all the time I am finding that the energy gets kind of trapped in my body and causes anxiety and hence why I'm this is like a new new revelation for me that movement um, cardio finding some way to kind of exhaust my body and not, not exhaust it in a mean way but just move my body because it dislodges the energy blocks and just gets things flowing again that has really helped me and then finally, my last thing is food. I've noticed I can I've I, I'm able to kind of predict um, certain foods I eat and how they either positively or negative negatively impact my body and my anxiety. Okay. How about for you? Have you found some little tips and tricks that help you manage your anxiety? Uh, yeah. Well,
0: I'm gonna say that if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have just picked up skateboarding.
1: <laughs> That's I'm awesome. officially
0: Avril Lavigne. I'm a skater girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just picked it up like last week and I was so, so scared to do it. Like I, I was like, this is a joke. Like I'm going to bust my shit. Like, <laughs> but I, I got on the board and I just... I was like going down a hill cause I live, I live in California, very hilly. And I just started going downhill and I was like, oh fuck, like I'm either going to die or I have to ride this out. And I chose to ride it out. And I just like got hooked. Like I just learned to like trust my body and like relax on the board and like know that I'm in control. So I'm not, I'm not good at it. I can't like flip my skateboard and like do any tricks. I just cruise around my neighborhood, um, on my like little penny board. But I just went out actually before we recorded this today. Um, and it just feels really good just to like get out of my head and like, I don't care if I like fall or like sometimes I'll like trip over my foot and like fall off the board. But it's like, it just feels really good. Like just to be like moving and grounding and like being outside and getting that sunlight. Um, Other than that, I kind of wanted to touch on this a little bit. So back when I first moved out to California in January of this year, so 2021 January, I had so much anxiety because Patrick and I had literally like quit our jobs. We left everything. We packed up our car and we drove across the country with nothing in order. Like we were 18 19 and just like fucked it everything and (laughs) went and it was really really scary and everything worked out really fast like you know it truly was like meant to be um but I had so much anxiety about it and I remember one day I was outside meditating and I was just like I just like feel so much anxiety and I don't know how to get rid of it And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what, like what I need to do is envision anxiety like a person, right? Anxiety is this person that's like attached to me. And I moved from Illinois all the way across the country. And I allowed this person to come with me. Right. And what I need to do is I just need to tell this anxiety that, it doesn't belong with me anymore. I need to go tell this anxiety to fuck off, <laughs> get away from me, go find someone else to bother. Like <laughs> I am not your girl anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just literally refuse to accept anxiety as a part of me. And that really helped. It, it really helped. I actually will say that that was a huge lifesaver For a lot of, like, it has saved me a lot of anxiety over this last year. However, I have also discovered that it's not the answer to everything because clearly right now I am experiencing a lot of anxiety and I think that the anxiety I'm feeling right now is a little too heavy for me to just, like, have that sort of, um, interpretation. I think that's made a lot more for general anxiety, um, but I know right now I'm experiencing more heavy shit. So... I don't. I guess I'm just gonna have to write it out this time (laughs) and talk about it. I mean, having these conversations is also very helpful.
1: Yeah, because I think too, like we can we can only intellectualize so much, and then our body is also programmed with certain things. So, like it sounds like what you experienced, you kind of had this way of you know identifying anxiety as something outside of you and i think there is power in reframing things in that way it's not i am anxiety it's i am me and anxiety is this sort of other aspect that has attached itself to me but you know recognizing there is a separation between the two i think that's powerful yeah um but i think too like i've noticed things like that like you know reframing things in my head conceptualizing things that can help me to an extent but then it can't override the programming that's in my body and I've kind of recognized that too like you know a few episodes back when we were talking about the you know purity culture and sexuality when we were talking about some of the sexual trauma that we have I can like mentally understand that the programming and the information that was given to us as children about our sexuality I can mentally understand it's bullshit but my body went through that programming during my formative years, and that's really, really hard to undo. That, and that takes a lot more work. It takes a lot of therapy. <laughs> it takes a lot of a lot of deep, deep, deep hard work. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that that concludes our conversation.
1: Yep. All right. So, what do you think about today? Instead of doing like a gratitude prompt, what do you think about us identifying and committing to doing one thing today that's gonna help us with our anxiety? I like that. I don't know what I'm gonna say though. Fuck. Okay. Oh, I know what I'm gonna say. I know what I'm gonna say. Oh, okay. You go first. (laughs) Agnes, what are you gonna do today to help you with your anxiety?
0: Today, I'm going out with one of my friends. we are going to LA there is a food vegan, vegan playground. I don't know if i I've, this is my first time going. So hopefully I know that Lizzo goes, so hopefully I'll see Lizzo. <laughs> um, <laughs> I randomly saw it on Facebook and I was like, fuck it. So I invited my coworker and we're going to go tonight. And usually when I go to social things with friends or I initiate something social, I have so much social anxiety around it. Even though I know this girl and we're like best friends, but like I just get anxiety about like going to L.A. and like being around people and having to like be social. Um, But I think today I'm just going to let it happen. I'm just going to like not overthink it. I'm just going to like let myself enjoy it and just do what feels right and just be myself and enjoy my time. What about you, Margaret? Mm.
1: Um, you know what, today I feel like I'm just really called to maybe sit and do some breathing because I actually haven't done that in a while and I already went to the gym this morning and, you know, did some cardio. So I did (laughs) that today. So I kind of feel like I want to approach my anxiety today from the other end of the spectrum and I think I'm going to actually, right when we get off of this, I think I'm going to go sit outside in the backyard and just get some sun and I'm going to just sit for a few minutes and try to focus on my breathing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna skateboard too. That's not,
0: the sun is so cozy today. I just want to be out in the know. sun. I <laughs> know.
1: I love it. See, that's one of the beautiful things about living in the Southwest is you get like over 300 days a year of sunshine. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. So, all right. Thank you, Agnes. Thank you, big sister. Love and hugs. Aww. We believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, if you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out, and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week.
0: If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at Podcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.